0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two-Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two-Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me, I have my co-host and resident uh, Tampa Bay Rays fan, Camila Fonseca. and. Massive news has come from both our personal lives, but in terms of baseball, opening day ain't too far away now, is it?
1: We're close, six days, five days by the time this is out, so uh, <laughs> its we're almost to the promised land.
0: And, it, and it's time for us then to kind of finish up our predictions that we have for the season, tackling the National League and following the same structure that we did last episode we'll start out west and work our way east and so let's discuss that national league west that has a few strong candidates um and an explosive division definitely from the standpoint of having stars uh, and rising stars and continuously finding success inside of major league baseball
1: yeah tyler i think i we everybody knows who's going to win this division um the Dodgers have the, not only the, strong, the strongest team in the National League, probably the strongest team in baseball. Um, and i it's a historically strong team. Like, I mean, you look at the people that are on this team that they've kept uh, in their core and the people that they've added, it's just incredible. Like, there's no way that anybody could argue that they are not going to run away with this division with 100, 105-plus wins. Hmm.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, there's no. It's undeniable that the Dodgers are a su- super strong, competitive team that didn't win their division last season. Um, but they're definitely the best team, uh, without a doubt, with just how you know strong their players are. The from the starting rotation to the impeccable lineup. Uh, having four MVPs on the team. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of positivity that comes with the Dodgers, but with every season that they fail of course only winning the world series in 2020 in a shortened season uh it begs the question um how much longer well they're in big market and they have all the money to spend the world but it's it begs the question of how much longer are we going to see this team fail year after year without finding another ring, and this time in a full season. Um, So I think that with the Dodgers, you have a really, really strong team that undoubtedly should win the division and should be successful, um, but haven't been able to capitalize on the last few years.
1: Yeah, so Dave Roberts just got an extension, so that seems to indicate that at least they are satisfied with the stuff that they've made so far um in the past couple of years but anything less than a national league pennant this year i think is failure for the dodgers with the the strength of the team that they have on paper um to not at least make it to another world series will be you know uh, to say nothing of winning the world series if they don't make it to a world series this year i think that's gonna really get some question bells going because this team again is you know, we cannot overemphasize just how stacked historically this team is.
0: And, and you know, they, they did lose, well, one of their biggest players in that 2020 postseason, um, you know, Corey Seager, to uh, free agency. Kenley Jansen, longtime closer, uh, is now out the door. And they replaced Jansen with Craig Kimbrell, which just happened the day that we're recording this podcast. I thought that was an April Fool's joke. Uh, But they traded A.J. Pollock uh, for that as well. And A.J. Pollock did have a good postseason last year as well. So definitely some changes happening on offense um, as they've lost players. But, of course, bringing in Freddie Freeman, you know, is going to add that uh, extra bat to the lineup that they really didn't need. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, I I will say, uh, despite losing these, you know, two, three core players of their team, Uh, I don't think it's going to have a major impact on them. Uh, But once again, they didn't win the division last year. The division was won by the Giants. But was that team a fluke is my biggest question.
1: Yeah, the Giants, you know, I think the sort of fairy tale that happened uh, last year with them winning the division in that that last game over the Dodgers. I don't know if that's something that can be repeated. They have essentially, I think, this the same team. They lost Kevin Gosman, but they, they brought in Carlos Rodon. So assuming he stays healthy, you know, I think I think we're looking at more or less the same strength of a team um that can be competitive down the stretch. But I don't I don't know if especially with how much stronger the Dodgers have gotten. I don't know that they're really in the position to contend again. One thing that I do think they might have the edge on the Dodgers with is their starting rotation. Just because I think uh, we have to remember that the Dodgers lost Max Scherzer. We don't know when Trapper Bauer is coming back. Clayton Kershaw has, he's been doing. He's serviceable, but he's certainly not you know the Clayton Kershaw that we, at the height of his powers. So, I think that if if anything threatens the Dodger supremacy in this division, it will be the cracks in their, uh, pitching starting pitching rotation
0: uh as for me you know i'm looking at this giants team and i must say i think it was a complete fluke uh that might be the uh, you know a very audacious take of course they do acquire um uh you know Rodano as we mentioned they have some good pitchers uh that are coming up uh they even got some depth starters for their team um but I don't believe, and they do have a couple prospects that could make a splash, I don't believe this team carries on the torch that they lit last season. And for a couple reasons. I just don't think their offense is sustainable. I don't believe that um, their bullpen is going to be sustainable. Uh, I think the only real aspects that they are good at is the pitching and defense you know Evan Longoria is going to be out to start the season not that he's an impact player tragic tragic not not that he's an impact player Um, but sure he does bring something to that team and a veteran edge Um, you know and there is a lot of old people on that team uh, as it is it's kind of a weird mix of players we're seeing it's kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals which we'll talk about later in this episode Uh, but I don't find I find the Giants being competitive. I don't find them competing for the top spot, and I don't think they will find themselves in a wild card spot, um, but we'll get to that at the end of our West discussion. But then you find a young, rising team that had an amazing first half of the season, um, but a not great second half, a real big fall off, the San Diego Padres. Uh, now losing their star player for the beginning of the season. Uh, the Padres, to me, without Tatis, uh, really throw, you know it really throws a wrench into this whole thing. But I still feel that the Padres will find the success that they should have had last season. I think a lot of players were meshing together um, to start the season and all star Break really changed things. And potentially this offseason is going to, you know, time away has changed things too. But I just don't see a scenario where this team will fail like they did in the second half. Um, And for that reason, I have the
1: Padres um, most likely
0: doing better than the Giants.
1: I see the Padres. Will they do better than last year? Sure. Um, Given that they had an astonishingly bad, uh, especially second half of the season last year. Um, where they really, really fell off after the All Star break. Um, there are a lot of positives with the Padres, like Bob Melvin coming in. I think is going to do wonders for that team, even with Tatis out. Um, but I just don't know that that uh, young team with a lot of you know strong personalities can really mesh in the same way that a team like the Giants can. That's why I'm I. That's why I'm not as sold on the Padres this season. I think they will certainly do well, but. Between San Diego and San Francisco, I think one is the clearly better team and has shown itself to be the clearly better team. And sure, last
0: season um, the Giants found success, and and that's why I'm saying I feel like last year was a fluke. We're gonna see the Padres find their groove. Blake Snell is gonna be better this year. Uh, Mike Clevenger is gonna be into this rotation, so we're gonna have Joe Musgrove. Uh, Chris Paddock and Yu Darvish with Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger to be most likely the front five and if one of those are doing bad They can trade one away and try to try out McGenzie Gore, which is their top pitching prospect um, so I feel like the rotation-wise, they're looking really strong. They got Luke Voigt for their first base option to platoon with Eric Hosmer. So lefty, righty, it does... I don't know who's exactly... You know, either one of those could be their DH. I know they were trying to shop uh, Will Myers, who could also be a DH for them. Uh, but I like I like the team. Trent Grisham, I like. And I think that this, this Padres is going to find their way to the wild card. Um, but before we can get into the exact way that this west will be structured why don't we talk about our two favorite teams the rockies and the diamondbacks and where they're gonna go well i can tell you where they're gonna go
1: uh at the bottom is Um, my guess
0: the diamondbacks are gonna find themselves in the middle of the desert and they're gonna stay there and the rockies are gonna stay in the mountains and they ain't gonna play no playoff baseball out there uh, because these teams are confused rebuilding and honestly just gonna a bottom of the barrel uh team
1: you know, I think they're both bottom-of-the-barrel teams. I think we—I I, I do like the long-term outlook for Arizona a lot more than I do the long-term outlook for Colorado, um, simply because color, at least Arizona, they know—the the front office is very acutely aware of what kind of team that they're dealing with. Um, so they have a lot of young stars. They've got a great farm system. Obviously, Cattel Marte just signed his extension. The Rockies have no idea what they're doing. Because um, obviously, you let your two franchise superstars, Nolan Arenado and, and Trevor Story, um, trade them away or walk in free agency with no benefits. And then you sign Chris Bryant for... Like, this team does not know what direction it's going in. And it's very clear. Like, I I, I think this front office is very cynical in that they just want superstars there to fill seats at Coors. Um, They're not interested in building a long-term successful franchise, and they keep showing this over and over by making the dumbest, most brain-dead moves that are just unjustifiable. And it's so, like, it's, it's infuriating, even as not a Rockies fan, to see what this fan base is going through, because they have, like, they could be in the middle of a golden age by now if they didn't have the management that they do.
0: I think you stated that pretty perfectly, Camilo. I don't have much more to add on to that. Um, I do agree that I think the Diamondbacks long-term do look better. Uh, I don't think either of them, though, look that great in the long term. And this West is probably just going to be dominated by the Dodgers and the Padres for a long time, especially with the Padres still having um, a top you know, three system in the league, um, despite having some of the best players come up already. You know, they still have, as I mentioned, Mackenzie Gore and and CJ Abrams that still haven't made their MLB debuts. So we're going to see some exciting stuff from them.
1: That's the one place that I think the Padres do have the edge on the Giants is their long term, uh, their long term system. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think the Giants are are better positioned this year personally. Um, But, you know, next two, three years, that'll definitely... Uh, get turned on its head
0: so to clarify and i know we've already pretty much stated it but to clarify uh i will have the dodgers on top of this division uh with the padres following in that second spot the giants in third the rockies in fourth and the diamondbacks dead last
1: yeah so obviously i also have the dodgers at the top of this division probably 105 110 wins very comfortable (laughs) um san francisco i have at second um somewhere like i can see they're a 90-95 win team uh then san diego colorado and then arizona at the bottom of the division
0: so now we move into the national league central where i think a lot of questions can be drawn uh, but for the most part i'm sure we'll come to a similar conclusion Um, but starting with the central it's the team that Uh, is an extremely interesting one for me, is the Cardinals. Because up until the last month of the season, I don't think there would have been a lot of the same hype that surrounds them right now. Um, And it kind of depends, for me, when I look at the St. Louis team, are they going to be the September Cardinals? Or are they going to be a fringe team like they were... The rest of the season um, and the point that the Cardinals are at is that they have old players that are at the end of their careers and they have young players that are waiting or not waiting because they are up um, that are trying to make a name for themselves similar to the Giants situation right so I, I feel that there are some aspects that are going to help them as they push forward um, but i'm curious to know camila what you feel about the saint louis team i think
1: you know i think they definitely have the potential um to put together a a good season uh i don't think that season's going to be you know the last 30 games of 2021 um but it's certainly strong you know you've got promising young players there and um obviously albert is coming back that's going to be um, you know, very heartwarming. I don't know if that'll really add a lot of, of, of strength to their, to their lineup. Um, but you know, the thing that really has me concerned about this team is that A, obviously, um, a lot of their these players are getting towards the end of their care- careers. So this is going to be a swan song for them. Um, and B, they are, they have a new untested manager, um, which they fired Mike Shield at the end of last season, which, which surprised me. Doesn't
0: make sense in my opinion. Your your team um, goes on to make an amazing postseason run, nearly wins the wild card game. They got walked off against by the Dodgers, um, and then all of a sudden you're out the door.
1: Yeah. I
0: doubt, I don't understand. I, you know. I, I'm sure there might have been disagreements between the manager and the owner and you know in that situation the owner will always have the last laugh pretty much but um you're right about this team in the veteran ages of course as you mentioned holes is back which is definitely going to get some more ticket sales on the team uh Yachty and Wainwright are old and and Yachty said this is his last year I'm not sure if Wainwright said it was his as well um but I don't know. this. Wainwright's an interesting situation because he had like a, an amazing season last year, right? One of the best in the league um, for starters. And I don't think he's going to repeat that. I think that was a magical run of his, but I'm not sure that that continues. Pujols needs to get 21 home runs to get 700 for his career. I'm hoping that happens, but I don't know if that's really going to impact this team moving forward. You know, Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are at the corners of the infield here and they're very great hitters. Good defense. This team in general is one of the best defensive teams in the game. Uh, Harrison Bader in center field is an absolute magnet. He catches everything. He tracks everything down. Um, he's elite you know Yadier Merlina's the best been the best catcher in baseball defensively for seasons now you know up there with Posey they would go back and forth uh now Posey's retired right um but with their strong defense um their offense is getting older right and, and yadi you, you know you can see the statistics are dropping off um Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado are really going to have to carry. And the young names like Bader and Tyler O'Neill that are coming up for this outfield core that they are are assembling uh, are going to have to perform in order to turn this team into... the September Cardinals that we saw. Um, for their pitching, of course, I mentioned Wainwright, but Jack Flaherty is uncertain about how his season's going to play out. And at the moment, with that news, I don't know if I can rely on the Cardinals to do much if they don't have a secured ace and the rest of their starters are not able to compete at that level. Their bullpen's pretty decent, uh, but. I, I think that the starting pitching is definitely going to be a problem. Uh, and the offense, despite the names on their team, are going to find some struggle. I don't think that they're going to be terrible in, on the offensive part of the game. Uh, in fact, they'll probably be you know, on the higher end of, uh, of the offense inside the uh, National League. But when it comes down to competing for the playoff spot... I don't believe that that's where they might find themselves. Of course, they're going to be up there with the other teams, but uh, the Cardinals, to me, just seem like uh, their magic from last season might have trickled out, and the following years, maybe a couple more seasons down the line, we'll see the Cardinals' resurgence. Um, but that's how I feel about them.
1: Yeah, I you're right. This team is certainly positioned to... Um be competitive in the next couple years with the amount of talent that you're right they have a lot of it up already and they have a lot of it left to bring up but I just don't know that that can really shine until these players have had their you know swan song season I don't and I don't I'm not convinced that this season is going to be an all altogether super successful swan song um you know I second in the division is certainly in the cards um no pun intended but um, I think uh, Tyler, oh, Tyler's not having that one. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't see this team really doing much more than that.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals uh, might not have a lot on the cards, but one team does have something brewing up for themselves, oh, and that is God. the Milwaukee Brewers, who I had to win the division last year. They go on, they do it, of course, not finding the success uh, in the postseason to carry on. Uh, past that uh, Atlanta Braves team. But um, there's a lot to like about the Brewers. There's also a lot to dislike about the Brewers. Uh, But a lot of the times when you challenge the Brewers, they'll prove you wrong. Uh, And I've learned that the hard way. So uh, I'm not going to question how they keep making it back because they just do. Uh, They find themselves in the postseason due to their great pitching staff, right? Uh, You have two Cy Young candidates, of course the Cy Young winner, uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. As well as Freddie Peralta and and, and uh, Eric Hauser, and another name I can't come to think about right now, but they have a brewing really Devin Williams. No, that's a reliever. They have a great starting <laughs> rotation and they have a great relieving staff in terms of Josh Hader and Devin Williams, right? Um, but where they always find difficulty is that offense on their team because of the way that they operate. Of course, not you know. Of course, Christian Yelich is a big name. Uh, but it's not frequent, similar to the Rays, that they yeah. sign big-name players to long-term deals. And um, just like how I question the Rays and how they make it back all the time, I question the Brewers, And but I still feel that they are most likely the best team in this division.
1: Yeah, I mean, your comparison of the Brewers to the Rays I think is spot on. This team uh, is known for doing a lot with uh, what is on paper, uh, just a little, Um the offense is going to have to show up, which they uh, they didn't they did in the regular season. They weren't able to to replicate that success in the postseason. Really, last year um, they did add Andrew McCutcheon, like you said. So I think they their offense will be um, at least a little stronger. Um, but they, they over the off season they've mostly treaded water outside of, of that. Um, but then again, this is the National League Central, so I don't think that they really have a lot of threats from other teams of losing that division title.
0: I don't believe that they have any other threats. You know, they also added Hunter Renfro. It looks like, you know, the Brewers have also been a team that have been defensive uh, top of the line, right? And they think, you know, they have pitching defense wins ball games. So on the defensive side, you know, they lost... Um, Jackie Bradley to trade and they went with Hunter Renfro who Hunter Renfro has an amazing arm Uh, You know, he's going to get a good amount of outfield assist in terms of his actual fielding ability I don't think that obviously has the range that uh, Jackie Bradley does. So they definitely went with the bat there Uh, I think a lot of a lot of this lies within some of the players that have found success at the plate that need to in order to you know bolster their chances such as christian yelich can he find his mvp form or not exactly that but you know somewhat right can willie adamas find uh you know his swing again because i don't think that he was so great inside of a milwaukee brewer's uniform as well as he was when he was at the at the raise and i don't know how much you can I test that. i see i think
1: um, i think the brewers actually did um wonders with willie adamas because um i Willie Adamas in Tampa was one of those players that he could not hit under the lights at the trop. Um, And that's something that happens to a lot of people. Uh, but he really had an offensive, I wouldn't say breakout, but certainly m- posting much better numbers in Milwaukee. Um, so Milwaukee, I mean, they, they got Hunter Renfro, and they I think they also got Mike Brasso from the Rays. Um, so they have that same knack for turning... You know, players that might not be that strong elsewhere into um, giving not standout but certainly reliable production. So that's going to be what they have to do with their with these new acquisitions that they've got.
0: Yeah, definitely the Midwestern Tampa Bay out there. Yeah. In no, for sure. Um, but the rest of the division, as you mentioned, up stacks up not to be that competitive uh, for this. Well, maybe competitive just because of how we feel about these central divisions it seems like uh but the Cubs do add um, Marcus Stroman and Seiya Suzuki uh, but that's really it and I, I don't feel that as much as they might be the third best team in this division I don't feel that they are going to find themselves in a playoff role or even be in the conversation I think they're mm-hmm. still very much in a rebuilding stage um, despite adding names that will help them be competitive now, I think it's only because the Cubs fear being in a full rebuild, um, despite two of the teams in their division being in a full rebuild.
1: I think people have... The, the situation with the Cubs is interesting, right? Uh, people, I've seen people compare them to Colorado in the sense of, you know, they're going out and getting these big names where the rest of their team is very, you know, shaky at best i think i i think the signings of stroman and suzuki i think they are certainly you could say out of nowhere compared to where they were last year because last year it looked like you're right they looked like they were going to full rebuild mode and it seems the the front office has been a little averse to that but is theo epstein still in chicago
0: no he moved into the uh he moved into baseball front office, uh, not front office, but he moved into, like, um, under the Manfred role.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Well, He's in wh- the
0: commissioner's office. There I it.
1: see. I remember hearing something about that. Well, whoever they have in Chicago now, I think they, you're right. They definitely do want to avoid that full rebuild because they do, they can still be competitive um, within their division, at least for, certainly not for a division title, um but I think they're stronger than people might give them credit for, especially if you just look at um, their results from last year. Because last year, you know, their fire sales sold off pretty much the entire core from 2016.
0: Only Wilson Contreras left uh, to carry on as a Cub, of course.
1: Um, Jason Hayward. Jay, you if know, you want to call him the twenty sixteen core. I guess um, so.
0: I mean, in a in a sense, I was really just thinking about that infield. Yes. You know, no, Bryant Baez and You're yeah, you're Rizzo. absolutely
1: right. Um, um but I think, you know, they do have a lot of young talent. Um I big fan of Patrick Wisdom. I know maybe other people are not super hot on him. Um but I think I, <laughs> I think they are set up to uh, get stronger in the future and i think stroman and suzuki especially um are will be good players to build another strong team around i
0: think you could build a team around stroman suzuki down the line maybe i mean suzuki's there for five years i don't remember the stroman deal uh, i don't think that i feel like these players are just going to be holding spots to sell tickets and kind of market around while they actually start their rebuilding um but a team that also kind of sold all their players this offseason not during the season last year. The Reds, they're really the Oakland of Cincinnati, right? I mean, the Oakland of the National League.
1: Oh, I think that's that's harsh to Oakland, honestly, cuz I think the Red at least Oakland, you know, they got some some decent prospects in return. Um, and I think Oakland is is better positioned for the future than Cincinnati cuz Cincinnati in, in their fire sale of a season or of an offseason, I have no idea what they're going to do this Yeah, year. they
0: didn't really get anybody. I mean, they didn't even get anybody for Castellanos because he went out as a free agent, right? Because, I mean, they were competitive last year for the wild card spot, so they kept Castellanos around instead of moving him at the deadline. And then, until the Cardinals went on their run, they were still in conversation talks, like only two games out. So I can understand why they didn't trade Castellanos and, you know, maybe... You know, of course, they tried to keep him. I'm sure they offered him something, um, but they didn't get anything from him. Uh, There, everything about Cincinnati pretty much lacks. Uh, The only thing that I'll say is that they don't lack more than the Pirates, and which is harsh to say.
1: Yeah, no. As uh, these two teams are certainly, you know, at the question is not really who is going to be at the bottom of the barrel, but how much. And I think the Pirates have been uh there for a long while and it doesn't really look like they're they're becoming competitive anytime soon.
0: I think actually, I think the Pirates in two seasons are going to be competitive inside this division really? for sure. Yes. Uh they've traded uh the, the problem with the Pirates is that they create good players and then they trade them away once they start getting good. Um, It sucks because, you know, I think Pittsburgh has been waiting for a good baseball team for a long time. Uh, The Pirates traded away about eight players and received 20 prospects in return. And we're seeing a few of them now get the chance like O'Neal Cruz, uh, right, to get into the spotlight. And I don't actually know if Cruz came from a trade, but I'm just mentioning that, you know, their are prospects. Uh, he's a potential Rookie of the Year candidate, had some time in the majors last year in September, and it looks really good. Uh, I think that the Pirates in a couple of seasons will be competitive once you see some of these names, maybe three. Uh, but unfortunately, five seasons from now, all those players that you thought were going to be good for the Pirates are going to be on other teams. Right. So...
1: Uh yeah I I don't think there's really much more that you can say about uh these two teams it's clear that they are they still have a long ways to go mm-hmm. um but you know I'm I'm hoping for a a I would love to see a strong Pittsburgh Pirates team nothing would bring a smile to my face more than seeing a successful competitive Pittsburgh Pirates team at the top of the National League Central and that's not this year.
0: That's not this year uh, and a lot of is, is gonna be changing, I think in Pittsburgh. Uh, but to clarify once again, Camila, what was your central um, division standing?
1: So I've got Milwaukee on top, um, then St. Louis, Chicago, and at the bottom, I, I could really see either Cincinnati and Pittsburgh really duking it out for that uh, second to last spot. <laughs> um, you know, it de- I think it depends on how many people, pittsburgh can bring up and how many how well they do this season but yeah they will be in strong competition for not being at the very bottom
0: you know i i have to agree with you exactly with what your standings are uh but you know what i will say that the pirates finish ahead of the reds just for fun and if they don't and i get that one wrong i'm not gonna take it to heart um but (laughs) (laughs) moving out to the east a lot of conversations it's another it's similarly to the west i feel like it's a three-team division due to the fact that the phillies mets and braves all have made some improvements as well as you know they have had a history of being competitive
1: yeah the mets especially i think are are have really gotten uh better from where they were last year obviously you know we were saying this thing last offseason, but now they've added Scherzer. They've added uh, Starling Marte, Mark Canna. This team needs success, and I think every that's something that every Mets fan feels. That's something that Steve Cohen feels. Um, this is going to be uh, the make-it-or-break-it year for them, I think, because people are are getting impatient You know, I I really like Buck Showalter coming back to manage. I think that was a big problem with the Mets last year, as you could really tell that Luis Rojas was uh, out of his his depth. I think that this is the strongest team in the division, even with the world champion Braves on paper. And that's the qualifier that we always have to have with the Mets, is that everything is on paper, because as soon as you get to the first uh, day of the regular season, that can completely fall apart, as it did, Last year, I don't I don't remember where your predictions were for the Mets last year, but I certainly thought that they would at least make a deep run into the postseason, um, and that did not happen.
0: Yeah, I think me and Nate both agreed that the Mets would find themselves in the postseason. I think we maybe had some disagreements on where exactly they'd finish in the division. Uh, But obviously a disappointing way to go out for the Mets last year. Um, Of course, making so many different moves, getting Francisco Lindor, uh, adding that to their infield. And you really think that things were trending up and then things crashed, as it does at Citi Field, typically. And now, before we even get into the season, Degrom is looking to miss the first three weeks of the regular season, then get reevaluated. Um, so losing their ace, but they have another ace for their backup, which is you know crazy to say. And Chris Bassett, of course, there as well for their starting rotation. Uh, their bullpen is okay. I think that in terms of the East, they have probably the second best bullpen uh, in in the in the National League East. But uh, you know. I think what this Mets team has done over the offseason, you know, it can't be looked over, but you can't also pass up the chance to remember that the Braves won the World Series last year. Um, You know, of course, having the lowest record out of all the other teams that made the playoffs, but they're the champions, right? They obviously proven that their bullpen is spectacular. Oh, it's
1: incredible best
0: inside of this division alone and i guess since we're already talking about the braves i mean they added kenley jansen to it as well uh colin mccue he's going to be pitching inside of atlanta uh of course losing freddie freeman hurts them a lot you know that's a leader in the clubhouse that is somebody that fans have been rooting for you know cornerstone player right right? but then you replace him with a younger first baseman who can do pretty much a, a, a similar Job of output um, and potentially could do more in the f- upcoming seasons with the Braves in Matt Olsen uh, and keeping Eddie Rosario, who was their postseason hero last year. You know, Acuna, Ozzy Albies, you know, I-, I believe they're getting better. You know, Acuna, if he has a full season, it could be that MVP candidate, right? And th- they lost Jock Peterson. I don't believe that that's going to be hurting them as much as you know, other teams have been uh, hurting from losing their players. I think it's interesting that as the Mets lose, or most likely will lose, Michael Conforto, that the Braves lost their own outfielder that has some sort of offensive uh, contributions, but not really on the defensive side. But I-, I think that the hype around the Mets is good because the Braves can kind of just prove that they're the better team without even gaining you know without even having a whole like stigma around them about are the champs going to be back they they're not the media has not been covering that at all at least i think a lot of people have been just focusing on this mets team has to succeed
1: yeah no i think i think that's a good point i i'm just not completely i really think that you know brian snicker captured magic in a bottle last postseason especially um and i think you know that success was a the strength of the Braves' is, uh, trade deadline acquisitions last year, which pretty much all worked out. You know, Soler, Peterson, Rosario. Um, there's a fourth one. Uh, maybe just the three. There's a fourth one, I'm sure. Those uh, players all worked out well, and you're losing two of them um, to free agency. So I think the question, they, they will certainly be very strong within the division. Uh, the question is, you know, Can they replicate that sort of magical postseason success? I'm not really sure that they can. I think it's certainly possible. Like you're saying, their rotation is incredible. Their their bullpen is great. And for a team that lost their franchise player, I, I think Matt Olsen's a pretty good consolation prize. But I'm just not convinced that with, especially with how much stronger the Mets have gotten, again, on paper, that they can necessarily see the same amount of success that got them a ring last year
0: you know and 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 in terms of the mets it's going to come down to the players that they expected to perform to perform right i mean james mccann needs to hit uh francisco lindor he was pretty he was decent last year but he needs to be a superstar right pete alonso rookie of the year uh previous season and then all of a sudden finds you know a slump uh, he needs to get back to a perform, you know that you know he can win all the home run derbies he wants but if you're not going to hit home runs during the game then what is your purpose on the field if you're not even a defensive first baseman, right of course now with the DH spot that kind of opens questions of who's going to fill in that DH spot is it going to be Dominic Smith or is it going to be Pete Alonzo it could even be platoon um, but uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Jeff McNeil I think that you know that kind of situation now where you've signed Marte who had a a great season you know one of the he had led the league and stolen bases so that's a good dynamic that they're going to have for the team that they didn't have last year Mark Canha is an on-base percentage machine Uh, he kind of draws a lot of walks um, but can they capitalize on that that's another question like the offense needs to be there uh, for this team and now Jeff McNeil is in a position where we don't even know where he's going to be playing so I think Mets are going to be interesting to watch for the definitely the first month. I think the first month is going to be telling for this team on how they're going to look, especially if Jacob deGrom's out, uh, because if the team's able to perform without deGrom, then you can presume with deGrom back, that's another, you know, 12 added wins um, to their team, right? So
1: For sure. Yeah. I think the fact that they went out and got Max Scherzer in the first place has already alleviated one of their biggest problems from last year, which is not having someone to rely on if DeGrom gets injured like it seems like he always does. So you're right. This, these first couple weeks will especially be informing us to if Steve Cohen has, has really put together a, a good team or if they have to go back uh, to square one again next year.
0: And I think the, the Phillies in this division are in a similar way in terms of they have um, a great one-two punch in uh, zach wheeler and aaron nola of course the mets added chris bassett so they have a one two three punch for you but uh the phillies have two good starters um but the rest of their pitching is abysmal really i mean one of the worst bullpens that they had in the last two three seasons now uh, have been in philadelphia uh, they didn't address that they addressed instead getting more offense to already an amazing lineup with jt Romuto bryce harper Gene Segura, uh, Reese Hoskins, other names uh, that have been already there. They added Cassianos and Schwarber, uh, so more RBIs and power are going to be coming to this team. It seems like they're uh, you know really valuing can we score more runs than the our opponent, which is a very Red Sox approach of them. Uh, so I you know commend them for it. Whether it's the right answer, I somewhat disagree, but um, I think that is going to be interesting. Whether or not the Phillies, despite you know, Having a couple good pitchers, the rest not so great, and an outstanding lineup, can they compete? Um, and I personally think they can compete in a sense.
1: I don't know. I'm not really sold on this Phillies team. Um, a, I'm not really sure I, I fully buy that Castellanos and Schwarber can really add that much to their offense that they didn't have last year. And I don't know that their addition... Really adds that much to their defense, which was very poor last year. I don't know that it's it's all that much better um, for this season.
0: Definitely one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> they got some people that have some strong arms out there, maybe, but definitely not. Definitely not some people that you want out there uh, to save you some runs. Uh, in fact, that could be very painful for them. Uh, they did try and, I guess, address some parts of their bullpen. I mean, they went out and got somebody that hasn't found success in a long time, but could. You know, I think that's a lot of cases with relievers in general, with Brad Hand. Uh, he's a great lefty arm for them. Uh, they signed Corey Nebel, uh, who was at the Dodgers kind of in the shadows because the Dodgers just had so many good pitching Uh, pitchers Uh, he moved to the bullpen he was kind of like a long reliever. he would start sometimes but uh, maybe i don't know how they've been using him in spring training but if cory neville is being uh, their third starter i think that could be good for them Uh, but i don't see them in the top two but i I do see i can't imagine them being terrible uh, unlike a couple other teams in this division
1: yeah um so miami and washington are still a pretty far ways off from competing for any anything like a national east uh, or national league east title I don't I really don't think Miami is all that bad um I
0: think they're turning it around I think sure. they're
1: turning around yeah especially for i I think the the issue there is that they are one of those teams that sees itself certainly as a small market team whether it actually is or not you can you can uh debate that but they have spent I think besides uh the besides Oakland they have spent the least in in free agency I believe I don't know if that's right but they are there certainly have not been big spenders this off season. they did add Jorge Soler that will be a big addition to their outfield and they have some young talent obviously Jazz Chisholm is looking to have the same sort of of uh standout year that he had last year um, but other than a couple pieces, you know, I, I really, I don't know if this team is just, is there just yet.
0: I I'm putting the, uh, the Marlins in the same boat as the pirates in the sense that give them two more seasons, two or three more seasons and the Marlins might find themselves, uh, in the conversation. Um, and, and I think that, um, Miami does have some good pieces that are coming up through the system that you're going to see this year uh, I think Jesus Sanchez for sure is going to be on that uh, starting lineup at least he should be and if he's not then they're just waiting for you know postpone his arbitration or whatever um, but he's looking great in spring training and-,
1: and they have Sandy Alcantara as well they have one of the best not not one of the best but like a very very strong pitcher in certainly at least in the National League East
0: well, um, I think the National League East has a lot of actually amazing starting pitchers in terms of, you know, DeGrom, Scherzer, Wheeler, Max Freed, and and other names. I would, but Yeah, but I think I would put him
1: up there with... He's worthy of, of of inclusion in that category, I think.
0: I feel like I can reserve my judgment on that. Uh, but the Merlins are that team that I feel like are the most comparable to the Pirates right now, um, flipping the script. The Nationals, on the other hand, um, have... One of the best young talents in the game. And they got one of the best old talents in the game. But that's all I see from the Nationals. Uh, I don't see them... You know, they have Josiah Gray, which they traded for in terms of the Max Scherzer deal. So that's a great starting pitch or a pitching prospect that didn't find success in DC already. Maybe he does this year. But the rest of the Nationals staff, I don't like. You know, Josh Bell is probably the only other player besides Soto, Nelson Cruz, Josiah Gray... Um, that I do think could find some success. You know, Patrick Corbin and Strasburg are just overpaid veterans at this point. Um, and the rest of their system, you know, they got their World Series ring already, and that came from uh, a system that they had built prior, and now all those players are gone, pretty much. Um, so I don't like the Nationals for this season. I, I don't think they're going to be good for a few years now.
1: Yeah, this team, to me, it sort of seems like they're... they're you know, they just got a World Series championship in relatively recent history. But they have really, really fallen off since that point through free agency, through trades. Um, I think this front office is reluctant to go into full rebuild mode. Yeah. Um, obviously, they, they're they trying to, you know, extend Juan Soto. um
0: which absolutely, you know, if you got one of the best players in the game, you don't want him to leave your ball club. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade H- Soto unless it came to dire situations as well as a front office. You know, right.
1: I'm not, um, sa- I'm not saying that they have to, or that, that certainly they that they should. And a couple trade years, Soto?
0: a couple years, we might be re, you know asking that question whether or not Soto needs to be out the door of course when he's starting to run up to his final season without arbitration if they don't get that deal signed um, but I think ideally I mean you have a franchise player you want to hold on to him um, forever
1: yeah no I, I I would agree but with that said I think you also have to be realistic about your team's outlook and Especially now, so when you get to 2025 and you have Juan Soto going into free agency, you want this team to be on the upswing uh, then and not going into a rebuild then. So I, I think it's better to start that sooner rather than later. And I'm not sure that that's what they're doing right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that wraps up our East conversation. Let's give our audience uh, our final... Um, uh decisions on the national league east i have the nationals finishing at the bottom with the marlins finishing in fourth the Phillies going to be in third with the mets in second place because they haven't proven to me that they can uh do enough to find themselves in that first place position where i have the atlanta braves the returning champions uh who have made their team uh a little bit better uh i think more sustaining is what they did um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. But I really could see the Mets, of course, find themselves at the top as well. Uh, but for the sake of the predictions, I will have the Braves on top.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, you, what you're saying is completely valid. I think uh, that the Braves certainly still have a very, very strong team, uh, one that is worthy of world champions. But, you know, the Mets have just made so many moves this off season. I really, really like uh, the choice of Buck Showalter, uh, as a manager, which I think, you know, a veteran uh, a veteran in the dugout was, I think, sorely needed last year. And I also think that this is a team that, you know, if things get to the all-star break and or the trade deadline and things aren't working out, Steve Cohen is going to be willing to make some pretty drastic measures in order to, to try and turn it around. So I, I have the Mets at the top, um, but I certainly think the Braves are worthy of conversation there Um, and then the phillies marlins and washington at the bottom
0: great so uh, we've gone off and talked about our uh, potential for the division uh, but now we have to give our playoff bracket finish it off and then our world series winner so do you want to start off camilo with your playoff bracket for the national league
1: yeah so um i have to remind our listeners, since this year we have the new expanded 12-team playoffs, there will be three wildcard teams. Um, for those three teams, I have uh, Atlanta with the first wildcard spot, San Francisco, and then San Diego finishing with the last wildcard spot. Um, so I have Atlanta and San Francisco playing each other in the first wildcard series, which I have Atlanta taking. Um And then I have San Diego as the sixth seed playing uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, champions of the NL Central. Um, And I actually have San Diego beating Milwaukee um, to move on to the division series against the number two seed, which I have as the New York Mets. Um, So I have the Mets uh, defeating the Padres in the division series and... As for Atlanta, I have them playing the number one seed, Los Angeles Dodgers, which I think are going to run away with the most wins in the National League. Um, And obviously, well, not obviously, but I have uh, the Dodgers decisively defeating um, Atlanta in the division series to play the Mets in the National League Championship Series. And that is really a toss-up for me, but I think that... um, The Dodgers will beat the Mets um, to become the 2022 National League champions.
0: And let's hold off on the World Series there uh, before we get into that. So I agree that the Dodgers will have the best um, record out of all the division winners with the Atlanta Braves being my second highest uh, and Milwaukee being the third um, which leaves them in the wild card playoff game. Uh, and for my wild card teams that make it in, I would predict that the Mets find their way into the postseason. The um, Padres also find their way into the postseason. But the difference between our brackets in terms of the teams involved are that instead of the Giants, I have the Phillies to make a surprise appearance. I think it can be, the conversation is going to be Giants, Phillies, and... Um, cardinals for that third spot um but in in my mind i think that the phillies with their offense with the small pitching that they have i think will find a way to offensively shove themselves into playoff contention or into the playoffs so thus with my team set i would have the mets facing the padres in a three-game series as well as milwaukee facing philadelphia and i feel that uh Despite the Phillies making it to the postseason, they would lose that series to Milwaukee, uh, and Milwaukee will get their rematch against the Braves. And then, in terms of the Mets versus the Padres, in perfect Mets fashion, they build up this team. Steve Cohen has said himself that he doesn't care about the tax. He thinks that the owners made it up, and that it is specifically the Steve Cohen tax. In perfect Mets fashion, they will lose both games in that three-game series, to the Padres. And the Padres will find an exciting division series against the Dodgers, in which the Padres-Dodgers series... Now, there's a lot of questions whether, you know, is Trevor Bauer going to be back, right? Um, their three best starters right now are definitely Bueller, uh, Kershaw, and Arias, right? So they definitely have starters that can help. Uh, and I think there's a lot of question marks on the Padres. But I will say that the Padres are going to... F- beat the dodgers which are going to cause Whoa. a lot of fans <laughs> to be you know going wild in la but in a five game series you know they've come close before and i think as the season goes on the padres are going to get stronger uh, especially if cj abrams uh, comes up and is able to perform especially if the padres make uh deadline moves and are able to move um hosmer or uh, myers for something or even get something with a great system that they have they're able to move pieces if they wanted to go all in on this year if they see fit later on uh at the deadline um so i feel like they could even get stronger by the end of the year and then beat the dodgers uh, to get into the championship series in terms of the braves versus milwaukee i do think that the braves would come out on top of that series uh, and then with the Padres versus the Braves, I'm going to say that it's gonna it's a tough series, um, but I don't think the Braves, we haven't seen a back-to-back champion in a long time, and I do believe the Padres would find themselves in the World Series versus the Toronto Blue Jays that we both had from our American League bracket.
1: Yeah, so you had the Blue Jays. Winning against the White Sox in the championship series, I think I had them winning against the Mariners. Um, so you, so you have a what is it, Padres, Blue, Blue Jays. Jays series? Yes. Um. So how do you think that is going to stack up?
0: Oh, it's going to be one of the most exciting and young world series i think in history if if it does come out to be this way um and you're gonna see the junior versus the junior tatis versus guerrero um right and, and it's gonna i think it would be a very exciting world series uh, it's something that i look forward to hopefully happening um but it's a tough one it's a tough one but i would think on paper that the blue jays should win it i think the blue jays have in the past, definitely in terms of the, the Batista and Encarnacion era, have found magic in the postseason. With And the Rogers center is kind of built in a certain manner that it can create this really good atmosphere for playoff baseball. Um, and I'm not saying that the Padres fans are, in, are different than that, um, but I think that in a seven-game series, the Blue Jays would... F- Find their way with their the changes that they've made would find their way to the World Series title.
1: Interesting. I I mean I would love to see it uh, go down that way. Um, I have the Dodgers and the Blue Jays in the World Series, and as strong as I think the Blue Jays are, as as men as much as good as the moves have been that they've made over this offseason, I really think they are uh, the strongest team uh, in the American League without a doubt. I just I I hesitate to put them against uh, the Dodgers, who have assembled I think one of the strongest teams in baseball history at this point. Um, and obviously we have a whole season to see whether that team can can function to its potential. Um, but it's it's it would be very hard for me to see Toronto uh, eking it out against Los Angeles. So I'm going to give it to the Dodgers this year. Um, to get their second world championship in three years um winning in a six game series against uh toronto
0: there you have it, folks that is our predictions uh dodgers toronto padres will it be you know the rays the rays will it be the red sox who knows? Nobody knows. That's the beauty of sports. Anything can happen. You know, the Nationals could win another World Series. Um,
1: that definitely is a thing that could, in theory, happen.
0: Um, but won't happen. And... <laughs> <laughs> but almost certainly will not happen. And that's going to be it for the Two Scene mm-hmm. Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed, do follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and also follow our Twitter account at the two scene podcast. And I'm excited to announce that we are working. You know, we got some things in the works. We're working on the Instagram page to post graphics uh, and exciting Couple social... brackets, maybe. Yeah. Some very exciting social media improvements as well as improvements to the podcast going forward, especially when we get into the summer months. So look out for that. Uh, but if you enjoyed our takes and what, where we are much more active Uh, on is definitely our twitter accounts and mine is at tyler underscore underscore foy
1: and then you can find me at fonseca f-o-n-s-e-c-a underscore e-s-q
0: so we thank you for listening to this episode of the two scene podcast and we look forward to seeing you next weekend where opening day would have taken place and we're able to recap some of the better stories in baseball